This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, April 8th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how you doing? I'm well, how about you? I'm good, I'm good. We're also joined by our guest this week, Paul Spohr, also of Rotographs. Paul, how you doing? Gentlemen. Well, it's hey, early. See ya. Yeah, it's <laughs> early. It's uh, Friday morning, and we're trying out this new thing this year. We're doing live uh, video broadcasts here uh, using Google Hangouts on air, which is kind of fun. Um, if you're listening in the future to the podcast normally, nothing's changed other than the podcast is coming out a little bit later, you know, during the day on Friday. But if you're listening to us live, you're kind of seeing how it's getting made and watching us record the podcast itself. Uh, doing live podcasts, which is kind of interesting. Hopefully it goes smoothly, but excited to see it happen. Do it live. Yeah, exactly. Doing things live. Uh, we're talking about, uh, yeah, today, Friday the 8th, and uh, the weird schedule we got going on today. We were saying this before we went uh, before we went live, but Friday's schedule is a little bit weird. Uh, at least this first week, it's been weird. Uh, Paul, have you had troubles with the opening week schedule at all? It's so stupid. If I was a Mets fan, I'd be livid. What yeah. the hell is their schedule? It's, and yeah. how are some teams not playing today? I think you said, what, there's four teams not playing? Like, there's, it's a Friday. Yeah, it's a Friday. Everyone's there's always 15 games on Friday. There's 14 today. Um, and also, it's almost always all night games on Friday, which is part of why we want to do this show on Friday. But we have four day games today, and then ten tonight, and then two unlucky teams aren't playing this Friday at all. It's, it's weird. Yeah, Washington-Miami, because they opened yesterday, and in Washington, you got to have that buffer day, which I get, because they actually did have some rain, I think. Yeah. So I, like, I, I get it, but it's weird. You go look it's... at the Mets' schedule. It's been so weird. I got to imagine the players are like, come on, let's get yeah. to the everyday games yeah. so we can get in our routine. Yeah, so uh, as long as we don't burn down the website with this first live broadcast, we're going to do these every Friday at this time, um, and I think the rest of the Fridays will have a much more smooth schedule. Today's a little funky, but we still have 10 night games to uh, to play with tonight, and so our slate will be fine. Um, Brad, how's your opening week uh, treating you so far, both in DFS and just in fantasy? Uh, the traditional leagues have been going very well for me. Uh, got several first place teams and, uh, very happy with how those are turning out. Sure. The, uh, DFS rosters have been a little less successful in the first, uh, week. Uh, had some very painful second guessing decisions, yeah. uh, that have cost me dozens and dozons of points. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of near misses too. Uh, yeah. just finishing outside the money. Yeah. Um, and how about you, Paul? How are your teams doing? And then uh, anything sticking out to you in this first weekly season? I know we're not trying to jump to any conclusions, but what's your story so far, both baseball-wise or even fantasy-wise? I've been horrible. I'm a total <laughs> fraud. I should get a new job. Are you, uh, can, can I... are you an AJ Pollock owner like I am? No, thankfully I'm not. Uh, he was somebody that... Big fan. You know, really actually kind of was in on him last year. And, you know, felt great about it, but the price got jumped up there, and I really mm-hmm. did feel that there were comparable guys to him. First yeah. off, I prefer Mookie Betts over him, so when you get in that late first round, early second, I was taking bets. But even when Pollock was there, I would wait a full round and just take Charlie Blackman. You know, yeah. and I, I, on raw level, on raw talent, Pollock is better. But Blackman has the Coors boost, and I just didn't see enough difference. So I've avoided the major injuries. It's just not, they're not performing yet, and I don't want to freak out because it is the first week, yeah. and there's just no reason to freak out. 
but it's always frustrating when you don't get out of the gate big. You know, yeah. you you want you want to have that big start. Brad mentioned you got oh, a bunch yeah. of first place teams. He knows as well as we do that that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it's still so much better than seeing your team wallow in last yeah. and taking those hits. And I just want to get a DFS cash going. I mean, come on. Just, <laughs> get your first give one out like, of the way. Maybe i got to get some 50-50s going just to get that. You know, like uh, you hear power hitters talk about getting that first homer. Yeah. Once you get that, you're all right. But if you're in April 17th and you still haven't hit a homer, you probably start to press a little bit if you're like a true power guy who's expecting to get 25, 30 a year. So that's that's how I feel. I'm I'm a true power guy, and I haven't got my first bomb. Uh, you are the Padres right now. You have... Oh, it's brutal. Oh, God. Padres. I'm younger Padre over here. Oh, boy. Yeah, Padres still looking to get on the board. That's It's funny still. At some point, it will get more sad i'm laughing but oh it's, it's pretty bad it's, it's pretty bad, bad for them yeah yeah um so yeah we're recording live um again tweeted us we're keeping an eye on twitter We'd like to hear from you guys uh also using the hashtag field of streams here already have one tweet uh brad getting compliments shout outs on your beard from zach sanders listener it says you're bringing the beard <laughs> in. so yeah um <laughs> if you guys have questions or things you want to uh either suggest maybe we don't come up with a pick that you really like uh Go ahead and suggest who you like at a position as we go down them. Or if you have any questions for us, we'll, we'll definitely take those from you. Um, Paul, also want to talk to you about these uh, DraftKings contests you've been running this week. Uh, have another one going today. And so might be setting some lineups during the show. And if you guys want to play with us tonight, uh, you guys can join in with that. Uh, Paul, what exactly is going on with these games you've been playing? I just I just been setting up a, a daily DraftKings game, usually 50 players. Um if we got enough time to kind of try to fill that did some 30 players for the smaller afternoon slates mm-hmm. uh, last last night we didn't make because that was a brutal slate for one the weather yeah. was terrifying so yeah. i totally understood that was actually the first one we didn't make though we've been making these 30 and 50 gamers F- top five people play uh pay excuse me it's five dollars mm-hmm. and so it's a lot of fun it's people that you probably know on twitter whether it's dfs oriented folks or mm-hmm. fangrass people or other industry folks so the games have been a lot of fun right and uh, i haven't cashed any of them as i mentioned yeah but uh, they've been enjoyable so we're going to keep doing those honestly if we keep you know getting the success that we're having i might push up to 75 100 but right now we're sticking at the 50 level because we've had a couple times kind of cutting it close in terms of filling right but you i'll I'll always pin it on my Twitter. Um, so if you go to twitter.com slash sport, it'll be the pinned tweet every day. Yeah, you haven't been making because your listeners have been kicking your butt, it sounds like, a little bit. Which is, uh, it's I, fun to make it a little more community-based, kind of like traditional fantasy. And being able exactly. to play with uh, you know, the people you like and that you want to play against. Uh, yeah, so um, I put the link to yours from today. It's on your Twitter, obviously, twitter.com slash sport. And then I put it in the Fangraphs post. So uh, if you guys want to play with us, the link's there. Um, join in. Uh, sounds like Brad might be checking in too, and we can do that during the show. Let us know what you guys are picking. Uh, that'll be fun. It's good to make this a little more communal, um, especially through Twitter. So let's go ahead and uh, get things rolling. Check that out, and then we're going to look at, uh, like I said, mostly the 10 night games. There's four day games today. Um, some people play the four games late. Those usually don't interest me personally. But um, the thing to take away from it there is Padres go into Coors Field. Maybe Padres can score some runs off Jordan Lyles. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the matchup <laughs> to look at. Um, some people might like some Indians taking on uh, uh, John Danks is the other mm-hmm. weak link there, I see. 
Um, but for the most part, we're going to look at, at this night slate. There's 10 games. There's plenty to pick from. Um, we usually go down position by position. So I'm going to start with you, Paul, as the lucky guest. Starting at catcher, uh, who stuck out to you at catcher for tonight, for Friday? I jumped a little bit um, in the upper tier there. Not quite Posey. It's 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 so crazy. It's it's definitely like fantasy season long this year where it's Posey all by himself up uh-huh. there. The jump down to Lucroy Schwarber and then another jump down. Really, obviously Schwarber got the day to day with the ankle. Let's hope that's all right. Again, yeah. check the knee as well. I went with Lucroy though. Yeah. Scott Feldman doesn't really scare me. I know it's right on right, but the, honestly, uh, an inefficient, a market inefficiency is is same side platoons mm-hmm. for people because a lot of yeah. DFS yeah. folks are, are are scared of them. And listen, I get it. Sure. Jonathan Lucroy is definitely better against lefties overall, but at the same time, he's not exactly awful against righties, and it is Scott Feldman. So I went with Lucroy. I had some cash to spend, even with my pitchers, which obviously we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I went with the 3800 for Lucroy, and this is of course DraftKings that I'm talking about. Yeah, I like that. Fine, Lucroy doesn't have a trouble. Uh, trouble with righties and Feldman doesn't exactly you know shut down uh them either so I, I like that that was definitely on my list I also had Buster Posey he's getting Ross Stripling I feel like we're going to be talking about this Dodgers Giants matchup a little bit uh between Ross Stripling and Matt Kane and these two teams there's going to be some uh some points to be had there you'd be paying for Posey but uh I wouldn't blame you if you decided to to go big there um Brad who stuck out to you at catcher I also like Lucroy. Uh, again, Miller Park as well. Uh, so there's a lot of factors in his favor. He's, mm-hmm. You see the same effect on FanDuel. I did my prep there today. Uh, he's 3,000. You jump up to Posey at 3,900. Uh, so he's quite a bit cheaper. Uh, 3,000 is kind of bargain territory for mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually like a pirate stack today uh, assuming the weather is fine in cincinnati it looks like there may be like maybe an hour delay and then it'll clear out mm-hmm. uh, if that forecast changes then uh, maybe you want to go and uh, look somewhere else but i do like francisco cervelli uh, as like a high floor guy i like managing my floor sometimes sure. and uh, cervelli is batting fifth uh he's gonna have run production opportunities uh there's always a multi-hit threat uh, not really much of a power threat, but anything could happen at Great American Ballpark. Uh, so it, it's looking like a decent matchup for him. He's very cheap on FanDuel, just 2500 Yeah, he gets uh, Alfredo Simone. Uh, Paul is a Tigers fan. Do you have strong opinions on Alfredo Simone, or at least picking <laughs> against him? It's just so brutal that he's back on, on their team, uh, on the Reds. You know, obviously who the Tigers traded for uh, from... And gave them a Eugenio Suarez, who's turned into a nice little player for them. Yeah. And what if? I swear to God, if if Simone or Simon, I think it's actually Simon. It looks. And we thought I it hear was Simone. Both all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, but it doesn't really matter because he's garbage. And <laughs> that's you know, I swear to God, if he gets back on track with them, I'm gonna be so pissed because that trade <laughs> was brutal at the time. I think we all sure. knew that. Yeah. But it's just doubly brutal the fact that he's back on the team that. The Tigers had gotten him for, and Suarez is still there, being good. Yeah. I'm going to pick on I'm going to pick on Simon today, at least with a with a couple hitters. You have to, you yeah. have to. Uh, yeah, Eugenio Suarez is already a podcast favorite. Matt and I have talked about him a lot this week because uh, Matt and I jumped in on the Rotograph's bold predictions, which is really fun, and you have a urge to get crazy. And I was going to bring this up later in the show. Um, 
I don't know what ones you're feeling so far because you guys both did them as well. Uh, my craziest one. I haven't one... done mine yet. I haven't posted mine. Oh, which is really? Ridiculous. You're holding out. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're cheating. The, the... <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm like now debating. It's like been a week. I'm like, do I even do them at this point? I know it's a week. Doesn't really change. I've written. You have them to be out. especially bold now. <laughs> exactly. I have to do like pick whoever's struggling and give him like 40 homers now, just because <laughs> if I'm anything on Cano or Trevor Story, they're like, oh yeah, way to go. Thankfully, I didn't have any of those uh, I, for mine. I just I got too busy and it, it sure. started falling down the list. Sure. Uh, I might have set the bar for you because my craziest one was that I said that uh, Eugenio Suarez will hit. Uh, more homers than Carlos Correa, which partly because I was a little down on Carlos Correa, and Carlos Correa is already going nuts. Um, the big one yeah. for me was that Carlos Correa's home run per fly ball rate was literally double of Eugenio Suarez's, and people were worried about Suarez's being kind of high. Uh, and I obviously Carlos Correa is superstar, but I just I don't know. It was a bold one. I was definitely lying on it's bold. bold. And Carlos Correa's yeah. already hit what three or a bunch, and Suarez hit one. I like Suarez. In the like most bold predictions, the point I was getting at was that I was high on Suarez and didn't see Correa as a yeah. top six or seven pick or wherever he was going for some people. But um, anyway, I like Eugenio Suarez. He'll probably come up more in the show. Um, as for <laughs> catcher, uh, Cervelli, Lucroy, Posey, all good options. Um, I mentioned Devin Mezzarocco getting Francisco Liriano. Uh, I like Mezzarocco hitting lefties. I don't know about that lefty, though. Liriano's pretty good. That's a tough matchup. Um, so yeah. I don't know that I would pick that. I would think about it. I'd look at it. It's worth mentioning. Um, the other one, and I think we'll be talking about Blue Jays all day maybe, is uh, Russell Martin getting Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly going to Toronto could be really ugly. Um, I like Russell Martin against lefties usually. A lot of those Blue Jays guys hit lefties better, but Joe Kelly hasn't exactly shut down righties. He's an interesting but flawed pitcher, and he's had his struggles with righties. So any of those big right-handed bats you like in Toronto, I think will do just fine with Joe Kelly. And that includes Russell Martin. Um, I don't think he's a slam dunk, but I'm definitely not avoiding that. So, uh, any other options from either of you at catcher that we didn't mention that you're interested in? Honestly, I, I jumped in pretty early on on Luke Roy and went with mm-hmm. that. I do kind of like Chris Iannetta. Mm-hmm. If he would have been cheaper, you know, he wasn't that much cheaper. It was only 600 bucks difference between he and Luke Roy. If he'd been yeah. cheaper, maybe I'd like it. Uh, because he's going against a lefty, Eric Surkamp, who I think is taking over for Felix Dubrant in Oakland. Yeah. And I kind of like Ionetta. You can usually get like a walk, maybe a run score. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's not, it's never really going to be flashy. He's probably not going to have a massive game. Yeah. Uh, and that's why he had to be cheaper for me to really feel good. And so I, I just went with Luke Roy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll be talking about some Mariners too, as well, in that Eric Surkamp matchup. Um, all right. Let's jump to first base. There's probably, you know, 10 guys you can pick here at first base. It's always a big one. Uh, my personal strategy, I often pick first base last just because I figure out how much money I have after dealing with the tougher positions. And then there's going to be someone at first base I like. But just the way we always do the, the position rankings or, and going through them, um, we'll do a first base now. Um, Brad, who are your favorites? You don't have to give me 10. But uh, who are you likely to go with and, and would you really consider at first base? Well, you know, you got a lot of the obvious options at the top of the pool, and they look good today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Anthony Rizzo won't have the platoon advantage, which, uh, as Paul mentioned, uh, can almost be an advantage in DFS sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's, he, it's not like Robbie Ray is going to really dominate him, mm-hmm. and people are still going to stay away from Rizzo just because he won't have the platoon advantage. So mm-hmm. if you have the money, uh, you can put him in there. Games in Arizona, there's 
plenty of potential for a lot of fireworks, and oh, Rizzo yeah. can be a big part of that. Yeah. Uh, looking down more in bargain territory, uh, Albert Pujols very cheap on FanDuel, 2800 uh, He's up against A.J. Griffin, a fly ball pitcher who's also homer prone. Uh, yes. Game's in Los Angeles. Uh, it's a pitcher's park, uh, but Griffin's been homer prone in Oakland, also a very notable pitcher's park. So uh, I think you could still go ahead and try to target him. And it's been a while since he's actually been a viable major leaguer. Major leaguer. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like Griffin, but I hear you. He, he's somebody that I think in this first start you maybe look to pick on a little right. bit because of that homer prone. Even when he's at his best, he allows bombs. He can hang that curve. That curve is filthy. But you hang it a little bit and it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Pujols is definitely a nice two homer threat today. Uh, has that potential and again costs very little on FanDuel. Uh, not, I haven't been looking at DraftKings too much. I'm sure he's a little bit more expensive there. DraftKings tends to be a little more uh, on their pricing, in my opinion. And then I mentioned I like Pirates. I like John Jaso if you're looking for a cheap first baseman. That's leadoff. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a different look uh, when you're going after first baseman. Usually you want someone who has a chance for two home runs. I thought you were uh, talking about his hair, specifically. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> when you said that, when you said kind of a different look, yeah. I thought you were going to make something about that yeah. nasty-ass hair. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, there, there's that, too. <laughs> but I have uh, it on my list. I like that, too, for sure. Yeah. I, again, you got Great American Ballpark, so power's not completely out of the question. And mm-hmm. uh, he's a nice little multi-hit threat who can walk, too. Yeah. Exactly. I'm actually starting him in the outfield because on DraftKings, he's outfield only. So mm-hmm. John Jay, so 3,300 on DraftKings, my cheap outfielder um, mm-hmm. that I'm going with. I really like him. And at the top of the order, we always talk about lineup is so important. Mm-hmm. In DFS, you can get somebody like that for 3,300 leading off of a good lineup. I like that. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, uh, my big ones for me, I, I had those guys. Um, I really like this matchup in Atlanta. It's Matt Whistler, who has potential, but just based it? on what he's done so far, cannot handle left-handed batters at all. How in dare 2015, you? How dare he had 30 walks, 21 strikeouts, and a 986 OPS led to lefties. I'm not sure he'll be that bad this year, but uh, if he can't fix that, he won't stay a starter. So anybody left-handed from the Cardinals going down there, and at first base, that could be Brandon Moss. Or Matt Adams, uh, and or Matt Adams, depending on how they put their lineup together. And uh, yeah, that platoon advantage is just too big to ignore for me. And it's not like the Atlanta bullpen is, you know, that scary either. So um, I don't love Matt Adams, and I don't even love Brandon Moss. But um, I this matchup I can't ignore. And so that is the one that jumped off the page for me, um, at least to look at. Again, there's a lot of options, but um, did either of you consider those Cardinals guys? Well, I'm 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 a Matt Whistler guy, so yeah. I I think I think we're gonna see a step forward from this year. But I looked at them for that same reason. He did have the big lefty platoon. The mm-hmm. real issue with Whistler was when he was bad, he was really bad. He could yeah. just get bombed out, and he had a good handful of starts. I think he had three starts of seven earned runs. So if you did a Cardinal stack and you had one of those bad games, you could really cash it. So I get it. Mm-hmm. I was just obviously teasing when I said don't do it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, I do like Matt Whistler a little bit for season long, to sure. be quite honest. Yeah, again, I don't I'm think he can, I don't think he can stay this bad. I think he's going to have to improve that. But just looking at that well, weakness, yeah. Um, sorry, Brad. Well, yeah, he, ha- he has to improve in order to stay in the majors. Uh, yeah, I, no I, I kind of see him as a very fringy pitcher. Uh, I, I think see you as a fringy p- pitcher, Brad. How about that? <laughs> I, I am pretty fringy. It's true. I throw maybe 70 miles per hour underhand. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in Arizona, I scouted you. You're, you're fringy, okay? You got to 
split. How about that? And struggle with lefties, specifically. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Brad, did you have anybody else at first base you wanted to mention? I, I think it covers a lot of it. We've we've talked all the time. You can go with a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chris Davis. You can play. Uh, you could break out. I don't know, Prince Fielder. Sure. Uh, you, you can feel comfortable with a lot of these uh, first basemen because they're all power threats. Yeah. Um, Paul, who jumps out to you at first base? Anybody that we haven't discussed? Let's see. Well, I went with Prince Fielder. Yeah. Um, Matt Shoemaker. Yeah, Shoemaker, yeah. home run machine, anything in the middle or up. I mean, he just, it's on a T. So I just went with Prince Fielder. Decent cost, not the, not the upper, upper tier. Uh, Brad mentioned Anthony Rizzo. I had him starred dimension for that lefty lefty. Folks definitely freak out about that, even more so than righty righty. Mm-hmm. But we've been seeing Rizzo be better these last two years. And I know you, you don't own a platoon split forever. You know, it's, it takes so long, statistically speaking. Mm-hmm. But there's no way that just because this, the statistics say that it's not, uh, you know, 100% bankable. There's no way I'm going to ignore the fact that Rizzo has greatly improved in 14 and 15 against lefties to the point where I'm not afraid to use him every once in a while against a, a mediocre or worse lefty, and that's definitely Robbie Ray. He's all right, but yeah. he gave up a boatload of hard contact last year, and he didn't necessarily get punished for it. His home run rate was pretty low compared to the hard contact that he allowed. So I think Robbie Ray is exploitable with somebody like Rizzo. Uh, I like Robbie Ray, all right, um, but I don't think, if anything, he's not going to go super deep in this game, and I think True. the D-backs bullpen has showed that they can implode as well as anybody, especially in Arizona, Absolutely. So, and Rizzo's going to produce, they just scored a bunch of runs there Thursday, uh, um, yeah, so even, again, I'm, I don't love, but I'm fine with a lefty-lefty matchup like you guys, but then there's a whole other probably half of the game also, which could be big and that team has shown that they're gonna they ate into the bullpen on thursday yeah i like that rizzo pick for sure and like you said it might be a little under the radar um last couple names uh you could take adam lind against eric Surkamp. i don't see eric Surkamp doing much in seattle that, uh, i wrote that's lefty, lefty though and i i don't love lind on lefty lefty <laughs> okay. yeah he, he might not start yeah uh, he, he, it might be deho lee oh that's true but also i I could see it going cheap on Deho Lee if you spend a bunch on the outfield or pitching yeah. and you kind of need to save at first base, he could be the option there. Matt and I talked about him as a sleeper earlier in the week. I usually don't like to go cheap at first base, but same, uh, same. But yeah, we, we like Deho Lee for sure. Just, you know, having some, it'd definitely be sneaky pop for sure. Um, yeah, the, it's worth keeping an eye on, on those platoons there in Seattle. I just don't believe in Eric Surkamp, but I agree with you. Lynn might not start now that I think about it. I like Chris Carter getting Scott Feldman. We talked again about how. Same. Feldman is not exactly going to shut down righties. Um, uh, you can take Edwin Encarnacion against Joe Kelly. Again, any of the Blue Jays' righties, I'm not scared of that. And then uh, finally, again, this late game, um, Ross Stripling against Matt Cain means Brandon Belt and Adrian Gonzalez both have fine matchups too. I'm fine with that. So uh, either of them you want to you know, go with will do just fine. There's a ton of options at first base. It's hard to, to go wrong, so go nuts. Um Let's move on to second base. Brad, what are you looking at at second base? Uh, my list was much shorter than first base. Uh, who's your favorite there? I, I kind of like the position in general this year. There's a lot of deep options. Okay. Uh, there's some really good cheap guys. Uh, Robinson Cano at the top of the pile uh, up against Sir Camp. 
Uh, again, a, a lefty-on-lefty scenario where you can actually take advantage, and it seems to be the theme of the episode today. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you have to worry about Cano against Surkamp at all, and then uh, the Oakland bullpen's fine. Uh, they've certainly made it better than it was last year, but it's yeah. nothing to really be fearful of. Uh, I, I actually like a lot of cheaper options today, though. Uh, Joe Panic uh, up against Ross Stripling, I think that's a nice matchup for him, uh, mm-hmm. batting second. Uh, good opportunity for multiple hits. They really went off against the Dodgers yesterday, eight into their bullpen, and I see Stripling as a guy maybe four or five innings start, maybe six innings. Uh, so they're going to be getting to that bullpen again early, and they're already tired from yesterday. Yeah. Uh, also like Ben Zobrist. Yeah. Uh, yeah same same kind of scenario with Zobrist. Yeah. Look who's here. It's Charlotte. Oh, excellent. Oh, boy. We have a, another guest on the podcast for she you lucky uh, video listeners. Here, I can I can bring another guest. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Dog, now this po- this show's about to get lit with two dogs. We're, we're gonna get like the spike in viewers is oh, coming. Boy. Yes. Who's that, Brad? Who is that little doggy? This guy's Milu. Milu, what's going on, man? Love dogs, man. They're the best. They're oh, just boy. so all he of just you. Just hangs out on the ground next to me all day. <laughs> this is great podcasting for all the video listeners or all the regular audio listeners. Yeah, the audio in live. Uh, you guys in the future. They're like, what? Yeah, you're missing out on dogs, but they're, they're yes. dogs. This is every Friday, 8 a.m. West Coast, uh, 11 a.m. East Coast. Well, not promising dogs every time, but that's good. Um, all right. Uh, so at second base, I like Zobrist. I like Panic. I agree. Uh, Paul, who'd you like at second base other than those guys? I, w- I went cheap again. I went Scooter Jeanette. Um, you know, we know he had that big, the big bomb off of Bumgarner. Doesn't really matter for this per- for these purposes because right. that was against Lefty, his first one. He's going against Scott Feldman, who Brad mentioned with the uh, with the Chris Carter pick, which I do like. Um, but you, you know, Jeanette, when he came back up last year, after you know he started horribly, had an injury, came back from the injury, was god awful again in that uh, right away, and then got sent down comes back and then got right back on track to kind of the scooter Jeanette that we'd seen in 2014, which was a solid, you know, above average option, not a stud or anything, but that average mm-hmm. the you're going to get some hits, maybe some runs. So I don't know. I like him against righties. He's always, he's always been a platoon guy. I wouldn't trust him against lefties just because of the uh, bum garner thing. And he might get uh platoon or, you know, subbed out late because of a lefty reliever, mm-hmm. but I'll take my chances on the three at-bats, or two at least two at-bats against Feldman. Um, at 3,200 on DraftKings, I, again, I needed to save money, which you guys will learn because of my pitching, and he became too good of an option to Scooter Jeanette. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like that pick. Uh, I've listened to a couple of Brewers broadcasts this year, and they've been kind of gushing about how he's coming to the season stronger than same. ever before. And yep. Uh, you, you know, the best shape of your life stories, they're a dime a dozen, but it, it is useful to kind of gather who might be the, the guys have breakout potential with those. Exactly, because some of them are legit. There are a ton, so you can't just take everyone at face value and say, oh, that that's going to translate into something. But Aaron Sanchez is another big one that they've been talking about, put on 20 pounds of muscle. He understood that, you know, he was weak getting into games you know his durability wasn't there he said he couldn't get over on his stuff mm-hmm. deeper in the games so Aaron Sanchez put on 20 pounds Jeanette same kind of deal put on the muscle really tried to work himself against lefties that's again that's not going to play for today unless Tony Sip comes in or something like that but I, I think he's a solid second baseman and I kind of gave up on him last year early yeah, like, me too. I was like oh man 
guess he was a fluke in 2015, 20, or 2013, 2014. He sucks, blah, blah, blah. Came back, and it was because of DFS that I realized that he'd gotten back on track. And that's one thing I love about DFS. If you're a season-long and a DFS player, there's no way that playing DFS doesn't help your season-long. It really helps you stay abreast of the mm -hmm. uh, of the player pool 100%. Yep, stay on top of who's kind of gotten cold and who's worth picking up for sure or trading for or whatever. I, yep. I like that too. Lineup trends too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's, it's key and a key thing that's overlooked in traditional fantasy is, you know, who's batting where. Uh, you got guys like uh, Danny Valencia, just undrafted in most leagues. He's a cleanup hitter. He's going to drive in a ton of runs. He's going to be valuable. Uh, Scooter that's another option, uh, bat second most days. Uh, he's going to be valuable. Yeah, that's something we like doing about this uh, DFS podcast. So it's kind of a DFS podcast, but even if you don't play DFS, hopefully, you know, we have streaming options. I have people that tell us that they get help just from us doing, uh, you know, keeping up on their daily move uh, leagues and whatnot. So, you know, even DFS content helps everybody out, I feel like. And most people are kind of reluctant to it. And then once they try DFS out, they're like, Oh yeah, it's it's we have some rotographs people I want to have on the podcast too. They're like, Oh, I've played traditional fantasy but not DFS. And I was reluctant too, and, and once you try it I, I totally get it. It's a lot of fun. Um so at second base, uh I also had a uh, Cano getting Sir Camp, that's lefty and lefty. I'm not worried about it. Cano is coming out on fire, should be just fine. Um and then the other one for me, Colton Wong getting Matt Wisler. Again, yes. lefty going down there. Uh I that's probably my favorite. I'm picking on Matt Wisler. I like it more than Brandon Moss and Matt Adams. Uh to be honest. I I like Colton Wong, I'll do just fine there. So um all right, let's move on to third base. I'm starting third base off personally. Again, my boy, Eugenio Suarez. I kind of mentioned him because he gets a lefty. Um, but again, it's Liriano. I don't know if I'm picking many reds against Liriano. Uh, I think if you're looking for that cheap homer, it could come from there. Um, it's not my favorite pick, but I feel like I'm just rooting for him. Again, after my bold prediction, I'm already feeling underwater about it. I I'm hoping for one there. Um, my favorite pick, though, is, uh, again, back to... Probably my favorite pick going to Atlanta is Matt Carpenter. If they score a bunch of runs there, Matt Carpenter is always at the top of that lineup doing a bunch of that damage. He can handle Matt Whistler. He can handle most pitchers. Uh, Matt Carpenter might be one of my favorite picks for Friday in general. Um, and again, Matt Whistler just showed so many troubles against lefties. And Paul, I don't think you're crazy thinking, again, that he'll get better. But Matt Carpenter should do just fine on Friday. Yeah, I love Matt Carpenter, so I've got no problem with him. By the way, by the way another guy that I'm not... I'm not afraid to go lefty-lefty with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know you know his numbers, they're not amazing, but if you get him against a tomato can lefty, I yeah. think Matt Carpenter can work. So I'm not even worried about using him against somebody like Whistler and then having lefties come in. You mentioned that Atlanta bullpen, not special. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, can, I can back the plays that you're talking about with Wong and Carpenter. I'm not an Adams guy, so I would yeah. be more of a moss over Adams, but uh, – when Whistler throws a one-hitter, I'll be back on this show sure. dropping bombs on you. Please, please do. <laughs> please do. Uh, Brad, where else are you looking at third base? Uh, top of the pool, uh, Chris Bryant, yes. uh, one of the more expensive guys, one of the more obvious ones. He's going to be popular. Yes. Uh, there's no way around that. Uh, we got Arizona. you got the platoon advantage here. Uh, so, you know, if you have extra money for some reason and you don't mind you know, going with that popular Cubs stack, uh, He's going to be a good option today, big power for that. Uh, I also like Matt Duffy. Uh, I think he'll be yeah. a nice option against Ross Stripling. Uh, he's a solid hitter. Uh, Eno Saris just wrote an article about him on the main site, Fangraphs. I recommend it uh, all about uh, 
a launch angle and whatnot. Uh, I think Duffy does have a legitimate chance to, if not reproduce last season, to even get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy I don't mind today, opposite side of that matchup, uh, Justin Turner, if he's in the lineup. Uh, I, I think he's going to get a lot of rest early on in the season. Uh, he's coming back from that microfracture surgery. Uh, so you got to keep an eye on him and make sure he's in the lineup. But if he is, he hits the ball hard. You know, he's not the uh, kind of guy who stands out on a lot of scouting profiles, but he knows how to make contact and get extra base hits. Yep, uh, I'm good with all those. Uh, the other one I had, uh, Luis Valbuena gets Chase Anderson, and it hurts to say. That's cause my pick. That's your pick? That's yep, a good that's, one. That's what I got in the lineup. Well, it I hurts. Like, I'll I'll let you elaborate on it. It hurts because Matt and I love Chase Anderson, and uh, we actually uh, two years ago uh, when we first started the podcast, we sponsored uh, our boy. Then a couple years ago was Dallas Keuchel right before he blew up, and we oh, sponsored nice. his uh, baseball reference page with our podcast for yes. something like thirty bucks. And then after the year they came up and they're like, oh, do you want to spend a lot more on it now that he got really popular? And like, no. So we're looking for the next cheap guy, and it's become a tradition every year to sponsor a pitcher we like to stream. I, I love that. Uh, Doug, Doug Thorburn and I jumped on the sponsorship for Jose Fernandez oh, before boy. he before he really busted through. But same thing happened the following year. They're like, how about $8 million to keep it? And I'm like, yeah. no thanks. Yeah. So, we're all uh, set. Matt and I have Chase Anderson through about halfway through this season. Uh, he hasn't exploded yet, so his might not go way up. I'm excited to see him in Milwaukee with a really good opportunity. But, um, yeah, I like, despite that, I think Luis Valbuena can have a good day. Uh, Paul, again, I'll let you expand on him more uh, why you like Luis Valbuena, other than he can t- hit homers off righties. Well, that, that that's the big thing, though. You're just looking for that homer, and he's so inexpensive usually. He's like mid-tier at most when you're talking mm-hmm. about cost. And today particularly... He's really, you know, kind of in that in that bottom half at 3,600. Um, I like some of those higher dollar ones, but I had to be a little bit more skimpy on a handful of my outfield or uh, on a handful of my offensive positions because I went with big pitching, Prince Fielder, and then a big bat in the outfield who we'll get to, who I'm sure both of you will mention. Mm-hmm. Um, but Valbuena popped 20 bombs against righties last year, 15 the year before, 12 the year before that. So he's adding every year. Uh, 463 slug in 14, 481 slug against righties last year. So just kind of an easy matchup against a righty who's an okay righty. I, you know, Chase Anderson, you know, likes him as well. Kind of got me on that train of at least paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. But he's far from a stud, and we're in Milwaukee, so sign me up on Valbuena. Yeah, it's a good place for him to hit. Um, one of Chase Anderson's flaws is uh, the home run ball, which I think he can improve on, but I'm not avoiding him, you know, in the first start. So, yeah, I, I like Valbuena there. Um, I also wrote Mike Moustakis, get Irvin Santana. Why not? I don't think anybody's scared of Irvin Santana right now. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll, I'll, put, I'll push back on that. I think yeah. Irvin Santana, I don't know that you want to mess with him too much. Um, I'm not afraid. The, the, word, the word you chose was apt, I guess, because no one is necessarily afraid. Sure. But if you look at Irvin Santana at the end of last year, he really got back on track. Obviously, the suspension threw him off, and that's mm-hmm. self-inflicted, so it's not like we're going to feel bad or, or give him too much of a break on it. But he closed the season fine. He was on. on he looked all right. Before the uh, two innings, you know, he only got two innings. He and Chris Tillman. Tillman was fire, and he's probably really mad about that rain delay. Sure. But no, I think Santana's all right. I don't want to go too crazy with him. But the best part is, with any Royal guy that you're talking about, is they make contact so much, sure. and we all know that. But that makes them fun DFS plays because put the ball in play, man. See what happens. So I, I get it, but Urban Santana was actually somebody I considered maybe using on the mound. 
Okay. I but there's just no case. Would, I'm not. I'm pretty indifferent on uh, Irvin Santana is the way I would say it. I'm not picking on him. I'm not targeting him like I am with like Matt Whistler, say. But if you like Mike Moustakis, I am not scared of using him against Irvin Santana. I guess is how I would put it. Um, I'm not running out like, oh, you got to use it. You got to take advantage. I'm more like, he'd be fine if you want to go with Mike Moustakis. Um, What I do like about Irvin Santana, and I'll give him this credit indirectly, is uh, his outfield defense should have his back. Maybe not Miguel Sano, but he'll be getting uh, help from Byron Buxton. And uh, I think the Twins might be playing all right defense for him. And that could help him out. Um, I I feel like I'm just really indifferent on Irvin Santana. To be honest, I don't have any strong opinion. And so... Uh, Moustakis would be fine. I just wanted to get him mentioned. It's not my favorite. I like Carpenter. I like Felbuena. I like some of these other more interesting guys. Um, the last name I had was uh, Jake Lamb pitching against Jason or hitting yes. against Jason Hamill at all. I don't know if you guys I like are, that one too. Yeah, if you're into Jake Lamb, I'm. Yeah, I don't love Jake Lamb, but I'm intrigued. I'm at least interested. Um, I don't know if you guys had stronger opinions, Brad. Um, sounds like you do. Uh, tell me how you feel about Jake Lamb and either this matchup or just about him as a hitter. Uh, in, in general, as a hitter, uh, I think he has good breakout potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not actualized yet, uh, but he's shown signs in the past. He was off to a great start last year, didn't look entirely unsustainable. Then he went down with the injury, never really got back on track after that. Mm-hmm. And he's off to a great start again this year. Had a good spring. It's carried into the regular season. Uh, he's making good contact. Uh, we can't say for certain after just a few games if that'll continue. Uh, but there's definitely potential. And on Fandle, he's 2,400. That's nothing. Yeah. Uh, so you're getting a good ballpark. Uh, Jason Hamill's a fine pitcher. Works around the zone. Lamb should be able to make contact off him. Uh, it, it, the matchup's okay. The price is very good. Yeah, uh, that's how I feel. Hamill's a pretty all right pitcher. His weakness is to lefties. He has a little bit of a platoon split, and that would be good for Lamb. Uh, let's move on to shortstop. Again, you guys can tweet at us individually or hashtag PhillyStreams. We're getting some good comments so far. Um, either picks that we make that you like or ones that you hate, or if you have ones that we didn't use, and you're like, hey, don't forget about this guy, uh, we'd love to bring it up, uh, get your input as we're broadcasting live here. So on to shortstop. I'm going to start with you, Paul. Who's sticking out to you at shortstop? Where do you think you're going today for Friday? I'm going with Addison Russell. All right. That shouldn't surprise anybody. I'm obsessed with Addison Russell. Um, you know, reason. gets Robbie Ray. You know, uh, so he's got the, he's got the platoon advantage. I don't know that he even has much of a huge platoon split, um, but I just I like him cheap. Again, I I keep reiterating it, but most of my lineup spots had to be a little bit cheaper, so I'm going mm-hmm. for the big upside that I can hopefully get. Actually, I'm looking at it now. He's a reverse platoon guy, uh, Addison Russell, is so far for his career. But it's 123 plate appearances yeah. against lefties. So I'm reluctant to really make anything of it. And when I get down in that tier, because I spent every dime I had, uh, I just saw him with the most upside over like a Zach Cozart, a Tim Beckham, a Chris Owings. You know, if I if I got stuck with some guys like that, maybe I, I could understand it. But at 3,300, I'm just going to take Addison Russell. He looks really good in the box so far this year. So um, I took him pretty easily. And that's one of those games where they just hit it last night. You know, you're not going to be shocked if the Cubs explode for double-digit runs and he becomes a part exactly. of it, you know. So I think there's upside there for sure. Um, Brad, what about uh, you? What do you think of a shortstop? To be honest, I used Russell last night. I haven't penciled in for today. Sure, uh, why not? Might, might shift out of it, might not. We'll see. Uh, but 
for now, I, I like him. Uh, FanDuel is 2,400, one of the cheapest shortstops available. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he does bat down in the lineup. That's really the drawback to him. Uh, also, can create an opportunity uh, for people who are – well, for people who have done a Cubs stack, you're doing something a little bit different than them usually. Uh, they'll have taken one of the first uh, – most of the first four or five guys mm-hmm. uh, might not be using Russell. Uh, so while Russell himself might be popular, it won't be part of the Cubs stack that's uh, being used by everybody. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, I also, at shortstop, uh, at the top of my list, not not my favorite, but near the top, uh, Brad Miller going to uh, Baltimore and getting Chris yeah. Tillman. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like everybody has a strong uh, Brad Miller opinion. I'm not sure I do. I'm lukewarm on him. I like him. I don't love him. I feel like people are either really high or really low. But he can yeah. handle righties, and I think he'll be fine. Um, and he's you know playing shortstop for the Rays, and the, I don't just I don't have an issue with that as long as he gets a righty. Um, you can take Troy Tulowitzki against Joe Kelly. We haven't talked a lot about Blue Jays, but again, I think they're going to do fine. They usually pick on lefties, but Joe Kelly has his issues. Um, they'd be okay there. Um, I have Brandon Crawford and Corey Seager. Again, if you want the Giants or the Dodgers, that game could be a lot of runs. And uh, Brandon Crawford gets Ross Stripling. Corey Seager gets Matt Cain. And those are both going to be just fine, I think. Um, do you guys disagree with me strongly on either of those, or do you have any other shortstops you feel like need to get mentioned for sure? No, yeah. I think I think you kind of covered it. Yeah. You know, If you want to spend big on Correa... I totally understand it going against Chase Anderson, yeah. who's given up some bombs in the past, but that that's kind of a stock answer, so I, I don't yeah. even worry about it. Honestly, one other one, I'll mention just Ian Desmond. Uh, I know it's righty-righty, but Shoemaker, I, I'm just I'm kind of out on Shoemaker now. Yeah, he can't. He has it. He doesn't have the command that I kind of thought he might have in 2014. Now he he had that command in 2014, but just yeah, because right. you play it doesn't mean that it carries over. He can still get back to it, but I'm not afraid of of yeah. Shoemaker. Yep. No, I, I agree. I, I like Ian Desmond to to be definitely better than last year for sure. Maybe not superstar again, yes. you know, but but he should be able to do just fine. All right, let's get on the outfield. There's a bunch of options for sure. Um, we did get a tweet from our pal Yancey Eaton, who's uh, interacting with us, and he's a big fan. He's he's always uh, active, which is good. And he wants to know how I feel about Corey Dickerson getting uh, what he says is a bad righty in Camden. Again, I feel like Chris Tillman can be polarizing as well. I don't know if you agree that Chris Tillman's bad, but he is right-handed, and uh, Corey Dickerson's going in there. Paul, do you like Corey Dickerson on this day? I do. I've got no problem with that pick. I don't necessarily think that Chris Tillman is flat-out bad. I was, I've was. i been I've been a Chris Tillman guy in the past, but I jumped mm-hmm. off the train a little bit last year. I am intrigued by the two innings, two perfect innings, five strikeouts, but it was two innings, yeah, and the right. velocity was up, but it was two innings. So you just keep coming back and saying it was two innings. How many times when you're watching a DFS start with, the, with your middling guy, whoever it may be, in that kind of Tillman range and they get off for two three innings where it looks like oh my god they're going to dominate and then it all falls apart that's pitching I mean that's baseball like in a nutshell we see that a billion times a year so again I'm super reluctant to get too crazy on that even though it was a really nice two innings with the velo up and all the strikeouts so yeah Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go all the way to say he's flat out bad Chris Tillman but I definitely think that there's a, a, a playable situation here, even for a guy like Tillman who has a reverse platoon split. Dickerson crushes righties. I think he's going to be a big surprise this year. People are going to finally realize that not everyone that leaves Coors automatically turns into crap. They should have known beforehand. There were articles about it. Mike Petriello did a nice study. There were other people who wrote it up. 
that said Dickerson's not just going to fall off a cliff. Yeah. And we're seeing him hit bomb pops left and right so far already. I think he's got a couple. And I, I think he's going to be fine this year. So I do like him as a play today. I didn't get him in my lineup, but I did look at him, and I went with a bigger bat, um, who, I, again, I know we'll get to because it's such an obvious left on right. Sure. Uh, situation. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I know, credit to Matt also likes Dickerson. He's not on the podcast, but he kind of on our first episode said he's the guy he's going to like this year. Um, I think he'll be fine. Um, I also want to mention uh, going up against Chris Tillman. Also, Tillman's been so weird. You know, some years great, some years good. Sometimes that reverse bl- platoons, but it's been weird. Um, but Steven Souza Jr. is a guy that I've liked, uh, and he's right-handed, but again, should be able to hand, handle the righty in Tillman. Souza's shown power, Souza's shown speed, Souza's shown inability to get Strike on out. base. Uh, but <laughs> he, he's a, he's a flawed player also, but, um, I think there's potential here. He's already, you know, shown a little bit this year. Do either of you I like agree. Souza, uh, for, against Tillman on Friday, but also this year? Um, how, how do you feel, Brad, first about Steven Souza? I'm taking more of a hands-off approach to him, just a wait and see. Mm-hmm. I don't own any shares of him anywhere. Uh, I'm not really picking him out for DFS lineups too frequently, uh, maybe some small contests. Uh, but I am keeping an eye on him. He does have that potential. Uh, he was someone who I liked before he reached the majors, had him in a couple uh, deeper leagues, uh, managed to sell high on him before he even got to play in the majors. Uh, so he's someone I'll continue to watch and keep an eye on just because he has some of those raw fantasy skills that uh, can be really helpful to us. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, and what are you thinking on Friday? Who's at the top of your list in the outfield? Uh, there, there's a lot of great options, uh, as usual. Outfield's deep. Uh, you, you got a, a few guys in Seattle that you can go to, Nelson Cruz, uh, Franklin Gutierrez. Uh, I like both of them. Yes. Uh, you can uh, you know, turn to uh, some of these uh, Astros, uh, George Springer in particular, I think a uh, great power play up against Chase Anderson. Uh, very reasonable price on FanDuel at 3700 uh, Not cheap, not expensive. A uh, guy can get in the lineup and get something out of. For I mentioned sure. I've liked Pirates. Uh, so the, the, the trio, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, Gregory Polanco, and Starling Marte, all very viable picks today up against Alfredo Simon. And, uh, again, that's uh, a small bar park. Uh, these guys, unlike the other ones I mentioned, uh, are real power threats and could really take advantage of the park. And then uh, one other high-profile name uh, we can mention, uh, Yasiel Puig's looking very good this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that matchup against Matt Cain is pretty good for him. Yeah, Puig, if you're into the exit velocity stuff, he's been stinging the ball so far for sure. And, and that's kind of the new thing, newish thing people are getting excited about, and we're trying to figure out what exactly that means. But it's definitely not a bad thing when you're hitting the ball hard, um, and Puig's been showing that. Uh, I also want to touch again on, you mentioned Franklin Gutierrez, who's been one of my guys this year. I want to know what Paul thinks about Franklin Gutierrez, who can be a big, giant question mark, but uh, hits lefties for sure. Then lately he's been hitting everybody, kind of a different hitter. We don't have a lot of sample size on him just because he's been hurt so much. Are you a Franklin Gutierrez guy at all, Paul? I love Franklin Gutierrez, and he was a monster last year. Yeah. Uh, really helped me down the stretch with a couple teams. Yeah. I was using him in DFS, but also in season-long, spotting him in and out, getting all those bombs. Here's the thing. I mean, this is such an interesting transition for him because he's, you know, a defense-first, solid hitter type of guy, like a really good player, and mm-hmm. then injuries just 
overtook him, and it was like yeah. kind of bizarre injuries too, kind of like a bad bad body situation. Not bad body yeah. the way we talk about like squishy guys, but just like I, I think his body just kind of sucks, yeah. and and it's unfair. But it, it happens with guys. Rocco Baldelli, someone who jumps right. out. That was the guy. Under, yeah, similar situation where just had these things that like. How do you pin that on him? You know, you can't call. I don't think you can really call Gutierrez injury prone. I don't. Right. I think that's unfair. And but he had. Sorry to interrupt. He had some deal a year or two ago where he like got a major league deal and then like, if I remember correctly, like gave the money back to play in the minor leagues with the Mariners or something. Like because he knew his guts were so messed up all year. I forget the details, but like that's the thing. He had like that in, the the issue with his insides and that. One thing that he has, like the Ankyo, I don't even know. I can't even pronounce the ailments that Gutierrez has. But I love the resurgence <laughs> last year. Yeah. And he brought it in the spring. And I don't go crazy over spring ever. you got to be careful with those numbers. But the fact right. that he continued popping bombs the way he had the year before in 2015 did encourage me. So he's somebody I'm going to be using a lot in DFS. I only got one share of him season long. But I'm going to be using him in DFS, and I like him today for sure. But Brad mentioned my number one, which I, I knew we'd get to, um, Cruz. I'm going to go with yeah. Nelson Cruz. He's my yeah. big bat, my power I bat, <laughs> 4,700. Yeah, like I said, it was an obvious one. Sometimes the easiest answer is the right one. So I'm going with him against the lefty, Eric Surkamp. You just got you got to go. You got to get some Mariners exposure in your lineup today, or I think you're doing it wrong because they've got some good righties and even some lefties who you can use against a, a, a weak lefty in Eric Surkamp. And again, if you don't do it, I think you're missing a big opportunity. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. I'm glad we got a Franklin Gutierrez some love, but you know, definitely can't go go wrong with Cruz there. It's going to be a big day for him. Uh, the other thing I did notice on opening day, and I brought this up, um, or at least the first Mariners game, is they played Nelson Cruz in right field, and they DH'd Franklin Gutierrez, which just, I don't, I don't know. I realize he's not the outfielder he used to be, but I... Who knows exactly what's going on, but that stuck out to me on the box score. Through the severity of his health and how much they need to protect him. Maybe. I I don't know for sure. It's a good sign as a Gutierrez fan, I suppose. I want him to stay healthy and keep getting in there. Um, Exactly. Yeah. So uh, it just stuck out to me as a weird box score thing, but I get it. Um, Yeah, so we got all those pirate outfielders just looking at my list. Um, Do either of you like Domingo Santana getting Scott Feldman? And Ryan Braun, I think he'll do fine. But uh, how do you guys feel about Domingo Santana? He's a really interesting guy to watch this year. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know exactly what to expect from him. The mm-hmm. profile suggests that uh, something like a poor man's George Springer is possible. Yeah. Uh, could go really ugly. Uh, that the thing about the George Springer profile is yeah. it can just turn into a lot of strikeouts and not much else. Uh, so he is a guy to watch and he's a guy to gamble on at times. Uh, I, I think there's enough sure. Shore plays tonight that I probably am not looking at him as an ideal choice. Sure. Uh, but that, that doesn't mean you should stay away from him. Fades are often a very good approach, and I could see going with the Brewers fade today. Yeah, uh, I, I'm intrigued by him. I don't think it's a slam dunk, especially in such a deep position, but uh, I was at least interested, especially against Scott Feldman. Um, let's see, I also had Dexter Fowler getting Robbie Ray, switch hitter Dexter Fowler doesn't have trouble with lefties, and again, he's at the top of that lineup that could score a bunch of runs uh, there's points to be at here uh, running down the rest of my list, I had Cole Calhoun and Mike Trout getting A.J. Griffin because why not, we said we're not scared of A.J. Griffin, um, and they should both be fine, you'll pay for Trout, but it's not a bad time to do it um, I have Shinsu Chu getting uh, Matt Shoemaker 
Uh, Paul keeps picking on Shoemaker, and I get it. You know, and Shinsushu should be fine at the top of that list, too. Um, and then, of course, again, they're at the bottom of my list because I do them chronologically, but uh, any of the Giants and any of the Dodgers, if you want uh, Denard Spann or Hunter Pence getting Ross Stripling, or if you want uh, Yasiel Puig, you mentioned, or even Jacques Peterson getting Matt Cain, why not? Uh, there's a ton of options. It's outfield. It's like first base. There's a lot of places to go, and there's plenty of games and plenty of pitchers to pick on. Um, were there any other outfielders you guys felt like we needed to get the name out on before we move on to talking pitching? Make sure nobody's left uh, behind here. Let's see. I got one more. that. I, oh, yeah. I'm, Matt Caesar probably going to get in today with with uh, Schwarber not feeling well. I know he's mm-hmm. off to a hot start. He's going to be low in the lineup, but, again, I had to go cheap. So mm-hmm. uh, last time I'll mention that, and I think he's already got a bomb this year. Uh, three RBI yes. game, a, a, a three-run double in his first game. So, you know, I, I'm hoping this so – let's stay hot, Caesar. Let's yeah. get lucky. We, let's, we mentioned uh, this earlier in the week. It was the day after the Basketball National Championship. I was going to say, ride that Vill- – exactly. Ride well, that Villanova title. Joe Madden had this line that was like, well, Villanova won, so I put Matt Caesar in. And I – and Kerry Musket tweeted it. And I was just like, that's ridiculous. What's up with Joe Madden? He's being silly, I love right? It. And then Matt Caesar hit a home run, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Fine, all right, you win. Okay, I will never, never doubt you. Never I'll never doubt you. I don't exactly. Okay, fine, you can't so, can't doubt him. Can't right. doubt him. He knows what he's doing. Apparently, he has some sort of magic ball. I don't know. Wizardry. Right. Uh, let's get to pitchers. Um, Paul, you've been talking about your your ace pitchers you're going for uh, this whole show. I got to hear what what are you thinking? Where are you going, and why for pitching on Friday? Yeah. I went, I went, I went big dogs here. Uh, notice that we haven't really mentioned any um, Baltimore hitters. We've been talking about going yeah. up against Tillman. That's because they're facing Chris Archer. Yeah. Good freaking luck. Even in a start that you know you 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 don't love because he only went five innings, he still popped you 26 and a half points on DK because he got 12 strikeouts. Yeah. And even taking the L, you can work with that all day long. So I understand why they jacked his price up. Uh, 1300 extra bucks to 10,700. Worth it to me. It's not a great pitcher slate. There, there's some good ones. You know, it's, it's yeah. not total, total dog meat, but it's, it's not great. So I just went with the best. Don't mess with it. Uh, don't get cute. And then I went with Jaime Garcia against Atlanta because listen, we all know that Jaime Garcia not going to make it through all year. That's why he's the perfect DFS player. Um, you want to use him when you can. You're not so worried, you know, about him getting through a particular start. Whenever you draft him in season long, you're worried about him getting through the season. I just need him for seven, six, seven innings tonight against a terrible Atlanta team. So I do have two road pitchers, which is less than ideal, but I think they're both really good. So that's why I stacked some money into my pitching today. Sure, I can totally see that. Uh, Brad, what are you thinking for pitching? If you're not going that expensive, or if you are, uh, where are you looking? Uh, yeah, so I also like the Archer pick. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, the 12 strikeouts over five innings, uh, pr- pretty yeah. nice stuff. Uh, obviously expect a, a lower strikeout rate, uh, today, but probably more innings too. Uh, so he should be able to, you know, work a little deeper into the game now. And, uh, yeah, so I like that one a lot. Very expensive, uh, even more expensive on FanDuel, uh, at 11,100. Uh, so it's going to force you to go some cheap plays. That's why I was looking at guys like John Jay, so at first base. Yeah. Uh, also, Francisco Liriano is a little expensive. Uh, I, I don't love playing him at Great American Ballpark. Uh, don't hate it either. He's a nice strikeout pitcher. Uh, one of the few guys who I actually believe in reverse platoon splits with. Usually I see a reverse split and I just write it off as 
uh, some sort of sample size uh, anomaly. Uh, nice. He's got a really good changeup, though, and that's uh, a nice platoon pitch. Uh, so I can knock out righties. Uh, he's still tough on lefties. Uh, and uh, a guy who you know I feel pretty good about up against uh, a pretty tepid Cincinnati offense. Yeah. Uh, after Dewey Votto, it's uh, not so strong. Uh, Juanio Suarez is obviously a guy we all seem to like. I have him on every one of my traditional fantasy leagues uh so my season's very tied to his success uh so far so good uh also like garcia uh don't think more needs to be said about him uh, marcus stroman's gonna be very popular today yeah. up against the red Sox. Uh, it's not an that. easy offense but he should get enough run support uh to win, earn the win and he, he's exactly. just a good pitcher he's yeah. good <laughs> yeah and, and, and people matchup, might run yeah. away yeah, people might run away from him for Boston, so it's 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 a little bit of a fade pick maybe to go with Stroman. He's not a huge strikeout guy, but that efficiency you like a seven eight inning outing. You know, you never really bank on eight from anybody, but that's the guy who can get you the seven eight innings consistently. Stroman can to kind of make up for the lack of strikeouts, um, even though you know strikeouts kind of rule the day in DFS. Yeah. Yeah, and and for FanDuel users, uh, I, I guess two conflicting things. Uh, he's at 8,100 on FanDuel, <clears throat> making him one of the cheaper aces. Uh, so I do think he'll be pretty popular, even with the Red Sox matchup. Uh, flip side of that is guys who work deep in the game uh, have a better chance to earn a win, and wins are 12 points on FanDuel. Uh, DraftKings are quite a bit less important than on FanDuel. Uh, you really need to be looking for guys who can last deep into the game and earn those wins at a high rate. That's a great call. Yeah. I, I, I think the win, particularly when you're talking about the two different sites with FanDuel, we, we get so conditioned not to freak out about wins in season long because you say just get the skills, don't worry about the Ws, but it matters in DFS, particularly over at FanDuel, so you want to be smart about it, and I do think that even against a tough Boston team, this is a situation where you can get that W. Yeah, I feel like there's not a ton of options on Friday, but there are good ones of what there is, for sure, places to go. Um, I like all those guys we talked about. Um, I also have Taiwan Walker in Oakland. I feel like that's kind of a, a clever, cute option, but I don't think it's awful. I think a lot of people like Taiwan uh, Walker. And I, I feel like the Oakland lineup's not that scary, you know, uh, in Seattle. They could be fine. There could be some surprises, but it's not one to avoid. Um, and so there's some upside there from Taiwan Walker. He's not safe. But if you want to get off the beaten path, I think that's all right. Um, I like Jason Hamill as a pitcher most days, but going to the desert is just kind of a scary matchup, in my opinion. You know, I think some things can go wrong there in 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 Arizona and against that team. And then um, Matt and I have our contest, and we uh, every day of the season we're picking pitchers under 50% owned. It's not a shock that on this day we both pick Chase Anderson. i got to represent him because he's not here. I know we picked some guys against Chase Anderson because he has his issues, but uh, you guys don't think that's crazy, right? Do you think, not that you would necessarily pick him in DFS, but Chase Anderson has a chance at having an okay day against Houston, hopefully, you'd think. Yeah, there's upside there. He's yeah. a solid pitcher. Any solid pitcher can turn in a good outing, and yeah. the Astros do strike out. Yeah, uh, they they've taken care of that a little bit just by virtue of getting rid of Chris Carter, but uh, there's still plenty of strikeouts in that lineup. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like some of the other choices available. If you're looking for a guest pick, I might take a share of Robbie Ray, even though it is a little crazy. Sure. Uh, he's got that Cubs lineup, same situation where you might get a lot of strikeouts and get lucky. Uh, not someone I want to take a gamble on in DFS, but uh, I might think about it if I'm desperate in like a head-to-head league and I sure. need some innings. 
I didn't ask you guys to prepare contest picks, but yeah, if you got a guest pick, uh, I can check for you if they're under 50%. Uh, Robbie Ray is definitely eligible, and I can, I can write you down for that, too, for the spreadsheet. But I wanted to represent Matt while he's not here and make sure he get his pick in. But yeah, we are both Matt taking uh, Chase Anderson. Um, any other uh, Friday pitcher picks uh, that we didn't mention that you guys are interested in? I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take Whistler for the contest. Okay, I'll put you down for Whistler also. Sure, he's de- he's definitely sub fifty percent. I don't definitely think he's oh, yeah. that one up. Yeah, yeah he's I'll, probably like one percent. <laughs> yeah, I'll put Absolutely. him down for you for sure. Tour. And yeah, yep. Okay, um, and then let's look at Saturday. We're not we we've spent an hour. We're gonna wrap up here. Um, let's definitely not do Saturday and Sunday, but, um, is there anybody that jumped off the page, just like one or two names for the weekend that either you love for DFS or just like a matchup you really want to watch this weekend? Um, and like, for example, I'm looking on Saturday night, Rich Hill against Nate Carnes. Um, again, I got to represent for Matt, uh, in the contest, I'm taking Nate Carnes. Um, he's going to take Doug Fister in Milwaukee, but I want to watch Rich Hill pitch in Seattle. I'm just really intrigued by this guy. He might be out of the rotation by May, but like I want to see where it's going and what's going on, and I think there's upside there. Um, at least you know lightning in a bottle. Um, he was fun down the stretch last year. Um, what do you guys have your eyes on for Saturday? Um, Brad, let's start with you. Uh, either DFS or just on the schedule that looks good to you. Yeah, so I, I've made a few picks uh, for my column Daily Grind. Uh, these are just traditional fantasy streaming picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vincent Velasquez has an okay matchup tomorrow. Uh, get to Mets. I, I don't really think he's going to win. I don't know that he's even going to have you know, a ton of strikeouts or anything, but he mm-hmm. should you know, give you six innings, maybe four or five Ks, uh, maybe two to three runs allowed. Uh, just kind of a filler type outing. Again, you're, that's something you'd look for maybe in a head-to-head league where you're just desperate to catch up on innings or pull ahead in strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like Cody Anderson in general, uh, I don't really love the matchup at U.S. Cellular Field, uh, but I do like Anderson this year uh, with the velocity up. Uh, he's had good stuff. I thought he was more than playable last year as a, a spot starter. Uh, for fantasy purposes, and uh, with the improved stuff this year, uh, could be beyond that more of a mid-rotation guy that you hold on to. Sure, sure. Those are those are both uh, worth watching. Uh, Paul, what's looking big to you on Saturday? Love the Cody Anderson call out. I'm I'm buying in on some of this uh, spring training hype with the with the added velo. Definitely keeping a close eye on him. Got a few investments going in him. Focusing more at large as opposed to DFS. Cannot wait for that Kershaw-Bumgarner matchup. It's going to be really interesting. Let's see how much of it was the flu and how much of it was the foot uh, bothering Bumgarner on Monday. Be interested to see there. Also like that Garrett Cole-Rysel Iglesias matchup. Mm-hmm. Again, more more to just sit back and watch than for anything DFS-related because um, I haven't really done anything for, for DFS for Saturday, so I am sure. focused more on just the games that uh, that should be interesting. Uh, those are the two that stand out. Like like I said, Brad's call of Cody Anderson. I'm definitely gonna be watching him. He goes up against Sale, so the win could be tough to come by, right. which I think Brad mentioned as well. But you don't always have to get the win, and particularly DraftKings. If you're just looking, if that velocity is real for Anderson, he can pump up the strikeouts. I agree. I agree with Brad. He's gonna become a a a, a hold, not just a streamer. He's gonna become a mixed league viable. And the fact is. Cleveland is really starting to develop pitchers, and you know they they remade Carrasco, they developed Kluber, Salazar was a hot prospect, and they've been working well with him. Justice Sheffield's on the way up. I think Mike Clevenger's an interesting mid-level guy. So I just think Cleveland's doing a lot of good things. That's why Cody Anderson's so interesting. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, I like those. Uh, as for DFS, uh, Paul, you got to be excited. Your Tigers are facing off against CC Sabathia. CC. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that right-handed lineup taking on CC. Uh, there's going to be a lot to go with there. That's going to be. That's good. It's going to be 33 degrees, but uh, that's all right. They're, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna rip him. Just... And frankly, I'll be honest, the Yankees could rip right back. They get Mike Pelfrey. Yeah. There's points to be had in that game. Um, also, the Rockies get Drew Pomeranz and Coors, so I think there will be Rockies righties to go with uh, if you're looking for DFS options there. Yep. Um, and then real quick for Sunday, uh, for the contest, I'm taking Anthony DeSclafani getting Pittsburgh. Matt is taking uh, Bassett in Seattle. Uh, Got to get those on the record. Um, as for DFS stuff, I like Matt Carpenter going to Atlanta again, getting Williams Perez. Um, and then again, my boy Eugenio Suarez facing off against Jeff Locke, getting a, a lefty, an old podcast favorite here, Jeff Locke. But I want to watch Eugenio Suarez match up against him. I, um, yeah, what's up, Paul? I, I know I just pumped up Cleveland in their pitching development, but yeah. I'll go, I'll go big White Sox on Sunday to bomb out Josh Tomlin, he, Skinny Joe Blanton, <laughs> as we like to call him. He's yeah. a home run machine. Yeah. I'm just not impressed with that guy at all. So I'll be having a, a good handful of White Sox for sure yeah. if that game goes. Definitely at the cell too. Yeah. I yeah, feel exactly. a lot more confident about him at home. Uh, Cleveland's a much better pitcher's park, especially yes. if he's not facing many lefties. Yeah. Uh, Ready heavy lineups against Tomlin, I'm all over. But I, otherwise, I, stay away. I can't believe they use him instead of Trevor Bauer. I mean, I haven't looked super that, close. That's shocking. Out, that that's got to speak to some stuff that Bauer's doing though too. You know, it, I don't think I don't think it's just full on a bad decision because we we see Bauer and we kind of know the upside. Part of it is maybe he's just got to get on track a little bit. Maybe start listening a little bit more to the, the coaching. I know he's a really smart guy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times, but you got to maybe be more receptive to coaching and maybe trim down your arsenal a little bit. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But I don't think Skinny Joe Blanton's going to last all year anyway. Uh, yeah. On the spot, Trevor Bauer over under twenty four starts this year. I'll take the under. Uh, just. Just because uh, I think it's going to take time to get him back in the rotation. Sure. The, the Indians do have other guys they might want to give a look before they turn to Bauer again. Sure, exactly. uh, TJ House comes to mind and uh, Mike Clevenger, as you mentioned. Sure. Uh, so there's there's other people who can fit in this mix. I think my guess is what they're doing with Bauer is they want to uh, pull together something like they did with Carrasco, mm-hmm. uh, where they get a guy to go into the bullpen, get more confidence with his stuff, learn how to really attack the hitters, uh, with that good stuff, and then hope that it translates back to the rotation. Uh, what concerns call. me is that Bauer, based on his comments, did, doesn't really seem to have had this explained to him or anything. It seems sure. like he was shocked uh, to have been sent to the bullpen and is you know, not happy about, not bought into the concept at all. And I, I'd feel a lot better about it being a success if uh, he was on board and on the same page as the coaching staff. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, it yeah, that's seems a great, like... That's a great point. Uh, sorry, real fast. Yeah, great absolutely. point. I didn't even think about that with kind of the Carrasco comparison. Again, if he's on board, that that could be a, the way they're going. So I think that's a good call out, Brad. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that we could talk fantasy all morning for hours. And we've done <laughs> an hour and change, and it's been great. Um, we've reached the end of at least our Friday picks and the weekend stuff. Uh Paul, thanks for being our first guest. You are welcome back absolutely anytime. Again, we're going to do Friday mornings, uh, 8 a.m. West Coast, 11 a.m. East Coast. I'm trying to rotate a new guest in every week, but seriously, Paul, it's an open spot. Brad and I will be here every weekend. It was fun having you on. You're welcome. 
anytime. Thanks, um, thanks for having me on, guys. I had a blast. Yeah, and uh, make sure to go play Paul's uh, DraftKings games again. Yeah, DraftKings game. You linked it. It's also on Twitter. We'll be yeah. doing weekend ones for sure. Yeah. So just jump in there and, and try to take my money. I've been donating left and right right now, so you're going to get an easy <laughs> five bucks out Paul, of me. Paul just told you who he's picking. Paul's yeah, showing his cards. It's, true. it's yeah. literally my lineup. I'm, I, I'm not going to change it unless there's rain concerns or yeah. lineup concerns. So you you know the blueprint of beating me. Now yeah. good luck doing it. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Paul, of course, uh, is the host of the Sleeper on the Bus podcast, uh, our sibling podcast, our sister podcast here at Rotographs. Uh, that's still Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays, yeah? Yes. Um, the schedule should be pretty tight in season. We bounced around a lot because of schedules in March, but... Yeah, we're gonna be, I'll be back with Jason on Sunday, and then Eno Monday, Wednesday. Yeah, uh, three times a week. Make sure to go listen to them. Um, Matt and Brad and I, you know, talk, you know, Monday through Friday, and we try try to keep it short and what's going on currently. But if you want your deeper fantasy stuff, your standard fantasy stuff, definitely listen to them. Um, love working alongside them, next to them. Um, Brad, you got anything to plug before we get out of here? What do you got going on this weekend? Uh, you know, I got. The usual daily grind stuff, a uh, number of things at Roto World, but it's uh, you know more of the same for me. Uh, trying to stay a little bit uh, broader this year, what with uh, some of the DFS concerns in a few states. But I'm not sure. really worried about uh, you know the industry going away in general. I think they've gotten out ahead of it, the issues, and plenty of states uh, should be around for a while now. Yeah, I think it's going to smooth over, and we keep talking about how popular it is, and I think it's only going in one direction. I think it keeps getting popular, and, and that's exciting for a lot of us. Um, all right, well, that should do it for us. Brad is on Twitter, at BaseballAteam. Paul is on Twitter, at Sporer. I'm on Twitter, at HigginsFOS. I want to say thanks to everybody who participated in this first broadcast. We're trying this out. It's experimental. It was really fun. Had a blast. Um, this will, of course, yeah. be, be watchable online on YouTube. Um, if you are listening to this later and want to see the dogs i suppose i don't know the advantage to watching this later uh but yeah and then of course the typical broadcast every friday won't be changed other than it goes up midday instead of early morning but um yeah that should do it for us we'll be back uh matt and i'll be back on monday of course with the standard broadcast and then next friday we'll have a new guest we'll be doing this live chat again so we'll see you guys then uh thanks for tuning in see you later Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.